If I told you half the things I've heard about this Jabba the Hutt, you'd probably shot him. Been waiting. Hello, and you are very welcome to episode six of Blob of the Hut 2.0. Illustrious Jabba bids you welcome and will gladly pay you the reward of 25000 So the only thing that you can tell me is that I will find Jabba at Jabba's palace. I'm your host, Kate, and we're here with Gary O'Toole once again. Hello, Kate. Say hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. So... <laughs> So this is just a little kind of mini episode we decided we want to put the Dublin Comic Con stuff out there. So just real quick, how was Dublin Comic Con for you, Gary? Dublin Comic Con was great. Um, Not very Star Wars heavy aside from the costumes and a lot of the art that was there, which, you know, heaviously featured for ourselves as we always make known that we are big art collectors on the show and we like to promote Star Wars art and artists whenever we get a chance and we actually got to do some pretty cool stuff this uh, at Dublin Comic Con so we got to have our interview with Solly Muhammad he went down an absolute treat at Dublin Comic Con nice uh, yeah cool. and I think people got a look at the Stormtrooper portrait, which I got from him. So was it was it like an actual portrait of you in your Stormtrooper costume? No, it was just an actual uh, Star Wars <laughs> piece that he did. That would have been awesome. But it it is beautiful. His artwork really and truly went down a tree at Dublin Comic Con. I mean, you've seen the pictures, Kate. His style is just very, very unique. Yeah, that's really cool. And also, which was so cool, Kay, I actually got to meet uh, young Kyle. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got to meet him and his family. They are um, absolutely incredible. They are such a good bunch. And Kyle actually got to meet and chat to Solly as well. And I think he picked up a couple of little bits of artwork from Solly. Amazing. But I think Kyle was just more interested in going around looking at uh, Sally's art as well. It was just, it was it was fantastic. That's so cool. And I really and truly can't say it enough that Sally Muhammad and the wonderful Fatima who was helping him out, they are just amazing people. They really and truly just love what they do and they are damn good at it. Nice. And I know we're sort of stepping outside the Star Wars realm, but at Dublin Comic Con, we were lucky enough to have uh, Lou Ferrigno there as one of the guests. Hulk. <laughs> and Solly had this amazing Lou Ferrigno uh, art piece, which I just shared online, you know, because I seen it and said, you know, if anybody is looking for something to be signed by Lou Ferrigno, there's an amazing artist here that has it well. There were a lot of signatures on Solly's artwork leaving the convention that day. Nice. That's amazing. It was, and it was great to see Kyle and, you know, talk to his family about what he does and have a look at his art. He's constantly drawing and learning. and Awesome. It It's phenomenal to see, but following on from that, in a nice link to what we were doing, we also brought Kyle to meet the one and only... Kevin Keane. 
Awesome. So how did that go? That for that for me was just the icing on the cake. I mean, anyone in Ireland knows Kevin Keane is one of the most incredible artists that we have. His work is amazing. The stuff he does is just on another planet. Every time I see something new, I'm just like, this guy is amazing. And it was so cool to see Kyle and him chatting away <laughs> solely about art. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an artist. I, I can draw a sheep. <laughs> That's about it. But it was just so nice to see them talk and interact. And he actually got a, a Kevin Keane Batman. Nice piece for which it's the one i showed you kate the one that just looks it looks like the the dark outlines cool which is it 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 was an amazing piece but also we now own the only and i can't overstate that enough the only one of one kevin keen star wars piece (laughs) that's your thrawn one right that is the thrawn piece which the likes and shares online went crazy awesome it was insane and like kev does not like star wars i'm sure he won't mind me saying that wow he doesn't like it no i don't think kev is a big fan of star wars at all no but um i was sort of saying if i wanted a thrawn piece done he would be my choice to do it because he had done my doctor strange pieces (laughs) and um i mean you've seen the piece yourself Kay. mm-hmm and I managed to get a picture with him in my uh, Stormtrooper, which was pretty cool as well. Nice. Very cool. But all in all, yeah, so it kind of brought everything together that we were talking about, you know, our interview with Sully, Kev doing our Thrawn piece, but also when we shared Kyle's art and getting to meet his family. And it was nice that we were able to combine everything into one and that we got to, everyone got to meet each other and interact. And that was a, that was a beautiful thing. That's so cool. So you did a little trooping too, right? You said the stormtrooper. I did, yeah. I was there in my uh, stormtrooper and my tie pilot for two and a half days, technically. We had to do a, a Friday evening and then all day Saturday and all day Sunday. Very cool. Well, it sounds yeah. like you had a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was great. Now, it was Dublin Comic Con was so busy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the guests were getting a lot of attention, particularly the non-Star Wars guests. Um, Pam Clementiev was there. I don't know who that is. Lou Ferrigno was obvious. Mantis from Guardians oh. of the Galaxy. Yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, and we had <laughs> Lou Ferrigno, but then an incredible guest that drew so much attention was Roger Clark. Who's that? <laughs> And Roger Clark is um, Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. So, <laughs> yeah, he he was he was phenomenal. Anyone who met him, they just couldn't believe how nice a guy he was. And when they said he did signings for everyone, they literally meant everyone. Nice. Very cool. So, yeah, all in all, Dublin Comic Con was a great experience. Very much a an art heavy event but we are we love star wars art on this show and we try to promote wherever wherever we can so it it all worked out well in the end all right so should we go ahead and play that interview then yep so this is our interview at dublin comic-con 2019 with the one and only sally muhammad 
So, um, first of all, welcome to Dublin Comic Con Thank and you. welcome to Blabberhood. It was your first appearance pretty much at uh, Comic Con Ireland where we it had was, a little yes. chat and said uh, we would try and have a chat here since you were coming. Yeah. So, how was your Dublin Comic Con overall since we've just finished up? Uh, it's been absolutely fantastic, yeah. People have been so friendly and warm and welcoming and uh, uh, made loads of sales as well. It's certainly worth coming over from uh, the UK to do it. And that's the thing, your work is quite popular around UK and a lot of the European conventions, but that's this right. is sort of your your first foray onto the the Comic Con scene in Ireland, really, I suppose. Yes, is this it, kind of the first year of it? Yes, the first year, yes, absolutely. The first time I've done the Ireland one and uh, heard a lot of good things about this particular show, so I really wanted to give it a go. Well, I did tell mm -hmm. you at uh, Comic Con Ireland, you know, you, you wouldn't know what to expect. But in terms of it, and your art is um, quite unique in the sense that you cover a lot of genres but particular speciality of yours seems to be the uh, the vehicles from different <laughs> franchises um, going head to head in a race. So how did that come about? Um, it was, um, I wish I knew, because I can't really recall when it actually happened. Uh, I, I painted the first one many years ago, my three favorite TV shows at the time, Night Rider, Airwolf, and Street Hawk. And, and uh, I thought it would be nice to put the three of them together and, what, and see what people thought. And, people liked it and as the comic con started to take up uh, take off more uh, after a few years i did uh, some more of the mashups and they and people just loved it different kind of mashups with the vehicles from that era and that's obviously evolved now where we have the, the three different batmobiles with wayne manor in the yes, background uh, as right. well yes yeah, so three uh, different Batmobiles, which i tend to go for what my, which are my personal favorite batmobiles but i tend to have a look at probably the, the majority's favorites and I think that's why your artwork stands out is because there's been so many different iterations of the same character that we do see obviously some artworks with maybe the actors who have, and the actors who have portrayed the characters, but we don't really see the the vehicles that, no, that go with that. Absolutely, and sometimes the the the, uh, the vehicles are characters themselves and uh, uh, have a following of that kind, and uh, you grow to love them as much as you do the actual uh, human characters in there. And pretty much the prime example of that would be Knight Rider, obviously Kit being an incredible yeah. character. But then compare that with the Ecto One. The Ecto One seems to be a, a character in its own right. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, also some of the, the bigger vehicles and from like starships, like the Millennium Falcon and the Enterprise. They, they're, they're very, uh, they're very much loved. They and, are. Um, yeah, and I like to take care of them when I'm painting them as well. So for those who are sort of unaware. Um, how your work isn't more known over here, I really don't know. <laughs> but you are um, an artist for Tops. Now, Tops yeah. isn't qu isn't quite as, as big over here as it would be, say, in the UK and stateside, where there are a lot of UK artists. So, could you give people a rundown of what that means when they say you say you are a an, a Tops artist? Uh, yeah, it's basically the the sketch card uh, scene. It's uh, Tops uh, cards are trading cards, and um, they're quite collectible. Uh, Tops tend to do. Uh, um, mainly uh, sport cards in, in the in the US, but they also do a lot of franchises. Uh, particularly, Star Wars being a very big one of theirs, and they've started to branch out into Walking Dead and Stranger Things, which I'm an artist for them for them as well. And all they do is they do trading cards, lots of information on them, uh, which are printed. Some of the cards might have an autograph card, which has been autographed by one of the actors. Uh, signature edition. Signature edition, yeah, and uh, that's what makes them more collectible. And the cards will also have an, an address. Uh, an, an original artist card where uh, us artists draw on a th uh, three and a half by two and a half inch uh, card and um, we were asked to do between anything between 30 to 100 cards and they are randomly inserted into packs and 
depending on how many cards you do for the company, they they allow you to keep uh, a certain amount to do what you will. They will set. be your APs. Is that My correct? artist your... proofs or artist returns. Yeah. Yes, and then they can be sold on or kept or sold on, and most artists will sell them on when the set's released. And what always strikes me is with Tops and being somebody who goes back and forth in the States, the amount of minute intricate detail that you manage to get on some of those really small yes. cards is, is phenomenal. Does it take a particular kind of artist to do that? Um, I think um, I'm not really sure about the other artists because I look at some of the other quality of the work and they, they put so much detail into it and as I try to do as well but the, the difference is that there's a very quick turnaround time so they do restrict you in terms of how much time you've got and I think that by doing that you end up doing things quickly and I think that's what's helped me speak, um, make my art my, my bigger pieces I tend to do them a lot quicker now because I'm so used to doing um, working on that small side but trying to do something quickly but also a good quality and that was another thing that I actually did want to ask you funnily enough with respect to sketch cards with having to do so many in such a short space of time is it, is it a double edged sword if you can draw quickly you know you obviously need to get the work done yeah uh, at a deadline but you don't want to compromise on the, the very quality much so. of the work yeah very much so and especially because I paint all of mine uh, some artists will probably sketch or use pen and ink uh, mine are all hand painted and, and, and I have to make sure the quality is good and you're a big it's, fan of the acrylic uh, yes yeah, yeah I'll use acrylic paints yeah sometimes on the cards I'll use mixed media so majority acrylics but maybe use a little bit of pen and ink or uh, pastels on them as well but it's very minimal mainly it's majority and if not all of it is with acrylics so with respect to you as a artists um, as we had been chatting way before we are big art collectors on the show and we try to promote artists as much as how did your journey into art start was there a particular point where I suppose you started to realize that this could stop being a hobby and actually be a a job as such. Yeah, well, I say I've been painting for tw um, over 23 years now, which was a complete fluke that I started painting. I'd never used paints before in my life. Yeah. And I started doing the comic cons um, nearly 18 years ago. Okay. Now. And just as a hobby, and just twice a year. But I'd say. Uh, Five years ago, things started to change when there were a lot more comic cons um, around in the UK. Mm -hmm. So it basically meant I was doing more shows at, um, rather than doing it twice a year. I was doing it like two or three times a month. And uh, the more shows I was doing, I was noticing people really liking my work. After such a long time painting, all of a sudden it's just it just exploded. And um, then I realised I think this could be it. Once I realised that I was spending so much time working five days a week because I'm an IT lecturer, uh, and then spending my weekends paint, um, doing the shows, then coming home, paint, uh, working as, as, a, as a lecturer, and then in the evenings painting, something had to give. And we looked at it, and I, what I started to do tentatively was um, drop a day's teaching uh, each academic year, just to see how it went. So the first year I dropped down to four days teaching, had a Friday off, and um, would paint, or go get set up ready for shows. And then the following academic year, I dropped down to three days a week, and now I just teach two days a week now. And that's uh, that's a nice situation to be in because your art has obviously become your work, but I would it imagine is. at the same time, even though you want to be creating new pieces to which you can you know, give to fans of your work, yes. is it also a release in a way from all the, the teaching side of things? and the Yes, very much so, it always has been. and. 
for me to be able to like step away from the teaching, even uh, even doing two days, it can be quite straight, stressful when you're away for five days of it and going straight into it. Um, and then for the rest of the time, I'm, I'm either painting or getting things ready for shows or doing sketch cards or being at a show. And it's nice to be uh, to finally be earning a living from what I uh, what you what love my to hobby. do. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think, we, I think we can safely say now it's gone past being it, your hobby. It has, it? yeah. It is in terms hobby. of that then, you know, for the younger uh, folks that we do have as followers in particular, we were lucky enough to meet young Kyle yesterday. Yes, who, um, yeah, firstly, thank, thank you, by the way, no, for helping welcome. us promote and share very his work. Um, for somebody so young like that, um, Kyle particularly suffering with autism, having a chat with his parents, the way that he is going to learn to improve his art is by looking at other artists, looking yeah. at their styles, their techniques. Yes, absolutely. And that's something that has to be, I think, That has to be done. It does, yes. And then from that, um, learn from it and then do your own work and then feel comfortable with what you do. And, then, and if you feel comfortable doing a certain style, just do it and keep practicing, keep painting. And I've said um, to, uh, as I said to Carl yesterday, I've never been to art school. I, I've taught myself. I'm self-taught paint artist. It's hard to talk in terms of using paints. And, um, and I learned just by... Um, well, early 90s, there wasn't no YouTube or much of, in terms of the internet. So I used to, if I wasn't sure on anything, I used to get to go to a library to learn how about how to mix colours to create a sky or cloud effect. And then from that, I'll take it on board and then do my own. But if you're an artist now, you start, you've got the benefit of the internet because YouTube has got so many tutorials in there. If there's something you're not into, not sure on. Uh, you can go and have a look and uh, see how it's done. For example, best way to draw uh, paint grass. Or trees, you could go on, on uh, online onto YouTube, and someone's always got a tutorial on how to do it, and that, you can get ideas from that. It doesn't have to, I'd have to do it that way. Watch two or three, and then think, oh, I quite like that way of doing it. Then the beauty of art is that you have to put in the time, the hours, the dedication. That the only way you essentially are going to uh, get better at drawing is, by, is, is to by, draw. By there draw. Is, yeah, there and is that's no what I did. And uh, by working full time for more or less all my life, in in the evenings, in my spare time, have. Uh, had a daughter in between that and she's 19 now and uh, but I've still had found time to paint and do uh, the do works and do works for shows uh, commission pieces that's all it was really just uh, for me uh, but it grew and it's grown and such a, such it's, it seems to be continually growing based on what I have seen this weekend yeah. um, we did tell uh, a lot of people through the podcast that you were coming and there was great reaction and I think what we saw today, the proof was it was in the pudding. Absolutely. But I think 100%. one thing that strikes me about you is that you have a very uh, wide-ranging portfolio. I do. In that there seems to be no fandom that uh, <laughs> you haven't got access to in terms right. of something that you would like to try and something Absolutely, that you yeah. would like to do. Except for Lord of the Rings, because I'm not a big fan. <laughs> but in terms of that, though, how would you describe your style? Your style? Like what would um, signify uh, a Solomon Hammond piece? What would go into that? Um, realism trying to make it look real um, and my subject is quite dark dark as in um, it can be uh, dark as in color but also it try I try to tell a story as well I try to paint something that perhaps hasn't been done before or tell a story or something that, that you may have seen on you never saw on screen but you could imagine it happened and into the mindset of you then are you somebody who can you see the picture right away or are you somebody who has to do 
maybe writing down multiple ideas or key points that you want to hit within a piece? Uh, sometimes an idea will come to me and I think, oh, that would, make, that would make a really good painting. Then from there, I'll look for reference material to help me in terms to, to work from. Uh, other times, I'll, I'll see, um, I have an idea of a painting and a half of it's there. But sometimes I have to let it fester and ferment in my head. And it could take uh, weeks, uh, days, weeks or months uh, before I finally got it. And I thought, oh, I still don't know. And I'll, I'll go away from it. And then uh, something will remind me. Uh, and I think, oh, yes, I want to do something like that. And eventually it will just grow in my head. And then I say, right, I know what I want to do. It. I'll lock it down. I and want you to finally have to translate it down onto paper. Then, then. Uh, there, and then literally I then go and say, right, I need to find my reference material to, to uh, start working on that and then paint from and sketch out. And finally, before we let you go again, thank you so much for taking You're very We've really wanted to do for a no, while. It's been a pleasure. We do have a fair few pieces of artworks out. And I, I hope this will not be the last time we see you at any of the cons in well, Ireland. Well, wife and I have decided we're definitely coming back. We're definitely going to come back for the uh, August one next year. 2020 but we're coming we are for sure coming back in March there are going to be others so yeah. finally and um, just with respect to you um, would you like to tell the people where they can find you on uh, social media yeah and sure things like um, that uh, my, my website is um, www.sm uh, hyphen artworks.co.uk you can also find me on uh, uh, Twitter Instagram and Facebook just do a search for sm-artworks and you'll find me you'll recognize there'll be a, a little drawing of mine as a profile picture somewhere Sully, thank you so much yeah, for thank talking you. to us. Thank you. You're very welcome. See and you again. Home. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. So that is pretty much it for our Dublin Comic Con episode. Unless, do you have anything else you want to say, Gary? No, I just think an enormous shout out to Kevin Keane and Sully Mohammed for everything that they did this weekend. I mean, they really are not just phenomenally talented artists, but they are great human beings. Aw, awesome. Very cool. So it was super fun hearing you talk about that. So I don't know when our next con is. Do you have any cons planned for the future? There are there are a couple of events coming up with 504st and Emerald Garrison. So um, I'll know more when I'm back off my holidays, basically. Nice. I'm hoping there'll be another Ace Comic Con in uh, Phoenix, maybe... It was in January, I think, last year or this year. So I'm waiting to hear about that. So that would be that was a really fun con. So I'm hoping I can go to that one again. But awesome. Yeah, we'll have well, as always, like stay tuned for updates at what cons we'll be at and that kind of thing. So you can find us online at Blob of the Hut. That's our Twitter and Instagram, and then just search for it in Facebook. And you can follow us. I am Kamadu at K-A-M-I-D-U-U. And you can follow Gary. What's your handle, Gary? I am Aplocool, A-P-L-O underscore K-O-O-L. Awesome. We'd love to hear from you guys. Oh, and don't forget, on Anchor, where our podcast is hosted, you can leave an actual voicemail, voice message. So we're still waiting to hear from you guys. So we would love that. All right. So until next time, may the, may the force, force be, be with, with you. you.